So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this Thursday edition of Everyday Connection. I am Rico Shields, and off to my left, we have Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? I'm good, Rick. How are you? Good. Running tight good. on time, but, you know, time, it would take time. But what? With this time thing. <laughs> what is that time thing? Yeah, it's, you know, it's just been that kind of day. And I don't know if it's just me, but it's just been that kind of day. And so. I started off early, and then, and then, I, you know, on Tuesday I was like I was late, and but then was early to call into the show. It just uh, I don't know, no rhyme or reason really. Time. November How important is it really? Oh, it can't be that important. <laughs> it only really goes on down here, and as I've said more than once there's just really anything that serious going on down here really people take it that way though it's deathly serious so life nobody gets out alive oh really okay (laughs) well they say that sort of i've heard people have told me that you know i just giggle it's stressful you know this life thing Yes. So people are beginning to come back together on the East Coast. We still have that's good. That's assorted good. family good. members we haven't heard from, but I I feel certain that they're all all right. Uh, although they've they have been upwardly, you know, changing the toll, so to speak. But have they? Well, they're only just now getting to go through, you know, go house to house, and they're finding a few people that were stranded in their attic, and they're finding other people that not so much. And and uh, uh, but that happens. There's, you know, reminds me of that. It was one of those meteor movies where a meteor was going to destroy the whole planet, and uh, instead, it it just sort of really wreaked havoc on the east coast and uh but there were people that went down to the beach to watch the meteor strike and of course you know (laughs) it was a you're not going to make it if you go down there in no possible way and they they went anyway so you know i just don't get it i mean surely a house can't be that important you know i mean 
I'm not. I've I've never been in that situation, so I I really can't. I think some of them just assume it's not going to be so bad. Freaking convinced that if we we have a forest fire here, I'm I'm out. I'm gone. Like I don't give a shit. Take the house. I'm I, I my dogs, my kid in the car. We're out of here. I'm not sitting around to watch it. I it, I just don't get it, you know. And if you have no warning, my heart goes out to you. And I know some people, especially those living in remote areas, just I mean, I don't ever watch the news, so or listen to the radio half the time unless I'm driving. So I mean, half the time you're the one who tells me what's going on. And if I didn't have people telling me what's going on, I didn't even know there was a hurricane going on. So I'm sure that in certain circumstances, people just don't know. And my heart so goes out to those people for getting, you know, getting blindsided. Yeah. But I just don't understand if if you know it's coming, and you have a way out, get out. Just just get out. It's just and don't, and don't wait for the last minute or assume that the government is, you know, overblowing things. Sometimes they do. Uh, there was a tsunami warning for Hawaii a week or so ago, and it was only about three feet high, so it wasn't a big deal. But if they overblow it, okay, you come back, no big deal. You know what I mean? Um, just consider it a road trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, you can have big hurricane parties and things. But then again, yeah. the, the the real meaning of hurricane party, that's what – there were people when this storm that came through – Galveston, Houston, and wiped parts of the Galveston area just completely off the map. There were people on Seawall Boulevard, which is the waterfront street, um, at a bar on the upstairs patio having a hurricane party the night that it came in. It's wow. I know it's a time-tested tradition, but really that doesn't mean we have to do that. Um, it's just so nutty to me. It just, I, I don't... I but mean, it, again, it's you know, choose wow. and and then you know, every choice has yeah some results, I guess. But, yeah, uh, well, I mean, it's their it's their they're right. It's a, and that's I mean, really, as an individual, I, I would certainly hope that parents wouldn't put their children at risk. But as an adult individual, you you want to well, go hang the, out on a patio in the middle of a hurricane and and. See if you get blown over the railing, then that's that's your, that's your thing. You have every right to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, I know one of the fellows that uh, lost his life in uh, in New Jersey was uh, hustling his family up to higher ground because they were in the basement. Which is, I mean, when I was in Kansas, that's where you went when a storm was coming because they were tornadoes. So you went in the basement. You had you had reinforced doors, and you know, it was a storm cellar. But anyway, they were apparently in the basement, and he hustled his uh, small children up the stairs and got everybody out of the basement except himself. And um, wow. I don't know if he just didn't didn't go with that last child or if he had something he went back to get or I, I don't know. But he got all of his he got all of his children out first and uh, and then didn't quite make it. But um there's, I'm, I'm sure, as many reasons as there are people that are missing and or uh, that have lost their life in this uh, in this thing, and it it occurs. 
Yeah, and, you know, I mean, all we can do is pick up the pieces and um, take care of the ones that are left behind, right? So um, I, I know there's several different places where you can donate. Um, if you're looking to help out and you live in the area, I'm sure, you know, you already know what's needed, but there's always organizations like the Red Cross that could use a financial helping hand. And uh, even if you're sitting on the other end of the country, you're feeling like your hands are tied and you can't really do anything, well, you can financially support the people who are are there in the area um, by making those donations. So it's worth going online to check it out. Yeah, iTunes is taking donations for the Red Cross for the first time after this story. And uh, you can also text uh, the word Red Cross, all one word, uh, to 90999. And uh, it does give you a confirmation text, and you have to text back yes before it actually happens. But that then makes a $10 donation through your cell phone bill. Uh, you know, it'll come on your on your next cell phone bill. Um, and uh, because they had almost 11,000 people Monday night in Red Cross shelters and still had 9,000 on Tuesday night. So, uh, and they're, you know, your donations not only go to set up those shelters, but to feed the people and if they stay very long. And to keep the Red Cross, and to keep the Red Cross going, it's such a massive organization. Oh, it Um, is. And there's so much involved with keeping it going that um and and let's not forget that every time there's there's a catastrophe they're there so um oh they they get lined up in advance they they line up their trucks on the edge of what they expect to be the damage area and then the minute the wind starts to die down they they go trotting in they're almost as almost like firefighters you know when everybody else running out of the building the firemen are running in (laughs) it's that way with red cross too and yeah. all over the world too, not just here. I mean, those are were numbers for the American Red Cross, but there's Red Cross and they're, present everywhere. They're brave men and women. I mean, people. Okay, well, the Red Cross they go in after, but you know, I've I've heard some stories from people who work in um, emergency service units, and sometimes going in after is is. It takes more bravery than it does to go in during because the aftermath can be emotionally devastating. So, um, again, you know, yeah, the, uh, support them. They the, are they are they are really courageous people, very courageous people for doing what they do. Absolutely. And uh, we're blessed to have each and every one of them. Uh, up there being angels and feeding people and I mean it was the morning after the storm struck they were scouting out field kitchen locations in New York and because that's a tiny island but there's a lot of people on that island and with no yeah. electricity no water no you know uh, can't even people, imagine people get can't irritated but then again there was a guy that set up on a street corner he had a generator attached to a bicycle and he was charging people's cell phones for him. Oh, see, now that is... I'm telling you, human beings are, are so freaking awesome. Just awesome. You know, they come up with such innovative ways to help people. And and how ingenious is that? You know, 
hooking up a generator to a bicycle so you can charge phones. And, and you know, people think, okay, well, you know, with technology, you can live without it. But I'm thinking that you got family on the other side of the world. They want to know that you're alive. And the only way to get hold of them is that cell phone. It's a pretty vital I, lifeline, I, I, yeah. It, it is. I mean, if you're anything like me, I don't know the numbers of any of the people in my life. I rely on my, and I know that's silly, and I really should write them down somewhere just in case, but I have no head for numbers, so I can't memorize them. And I just, you know, it's it's kind of my lifeline to my family. And, yeah, so I, what a guy. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Yay. Loving, yeah. Love for him. Wherever like he is, big city, big, big city folks down here by the financial district, they they go they go cuckoo if you take their, your phone away for an hour. So I'm gonna. It's, it's the day after, and people's phones are going dead. So here, come on down. Wow, humans are awesome. Human beings are so awesome. They are, and we have and a we very have awesome. awesome. Yeah, we do. See, look we at do this. have an awesome human being with us tonight. Going the same place in unison. Like that. <laughs> That's a great thing. <laughs> I think we've been doing this way too long. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> guys. Jerry Hearn is back with us to get the full name in there for folks. Thank you, guys. How are you? Good. How you doing? Good. I like the way the conversation is going. I would love to include my appreciation for all of the emergency workers on the East Coast. My sister in New Jersey just got her power up today, and my other sister in New York is down. She has her in-laws with her. Uh, her in-laws live in Breezy Point, that um, area where 100 so homes were burnt down. I was going to say, in Breezy Point where the big fire was? Yeah, yeah. So uh, they have uh, some flooding on their first floor. Um, so they're, they're staying with my sister upstate. Upstate, a suburb of New York City. But um, I'm just so grateful to all of the people who work so hard, all of the emergency workers, and, you know, shout out to them because it's amazing the job that they do every day. And then this something like this happens, and they're called to service, um, you know, 24-7. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, and they often do. They just, you, having worked with first responders both in healthcare and in in fire, you almost have to order them to go home yeah. when there's a crisis. You know, on their regular shifts, they'll go home yeah. when it's over. But, uh, and of course, if anybody's seen the job that they have to do and the pay that they get, you know they're not in it for the money. Uh, it, it's a a real gift. Yeah. Shout out and uh, good vibes sending over there, right? Sending good vibes to those guys and gals. Absolutely. Um, I was going to check. Does, do you have the the webpage open, Jerry, for the show? I don't. Can you tell okay. me what it is? Uh, well, I prefer page? really that you didn't. Uh, we're getting a little <laughs> echo. And I'm trying to track down the echo. and uh, oh, okay. It's not that we don't want, you know, Actually, we talk about the guests behind their back in the chat room. No, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it just. Well, I don't have a headset on. It I... restarts itself and it re unmutes itself. It does weird things, Blog Talk. We're never really sure what it's going to do next. And see, the echo's gone now. I went down a couple of times 
and I had to log back in, you know, whatever. I'm on Skype. Yeah, yeah. As you know. And um, so anyway, um, yeah, we do uh, uh, definitely think about you you guys, or at least I think about the first responders almost every day. There's a volunteer fire station not far from me, and I drive by it every day and and uh, sort of give them the mental salute. Uh, yeah. And, uh, not not to mention all the utility workers, yeah. you know. I mean, and we had a convoy leave from here going up there Tuesday. A lot of credit's got to go to those utility workers because you know, I mean, they work so hard to get everything back up and running. And not exactly um, safe, water and electricity together. Thanks. No, no, no. In fact, no, that they was, risk their lives so that we can so that we can have our our perks. That was one of the lives that was lost. Was a young girl that was uh, filming sparks coming from a wire, and uh, huh. it it fell on her and set her on fire instantly in the rain. Electricity oh. doesn't care about rain, and it's you know. So, no, no, don't do that. Don't. <laughs> Just for future reference, if any of you in listening or ever one of our guests, if if we get disconnected, don't call me back. Don't do that. Um, because that messes everything up. Because my computer will try to reconnect as soon as I'm I'm back. There, yes, you are. Yes, I was just I was just passing along out on the air that that if ever anybody's disconnected, don't try to call me back. Okay, I was wondering um, about that. Okay. Because whenever you come back online, my computer will just try to reconnect the call. So, oh, and uh, but I have two computers in front of me—one that we're talking on, and one that I'm radioing on—and and so you were over here saying we're what? trying to get, we're trying to get the call back, and over here it was ringing. Jerry Hearn's calling, and I'm like, no, stop <laughs> it, stop it, too much All right, at once. I'll be quiet the next time. Too much happens. at once. Again, right when uh, Nikki, I don't know, something about your uh, comments, they're knocking me off the air. <laughs> they must be very profound. <laughs> they usually are when she speaks. She doesn't speak much, but when she does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I try I try to not talk too much lately because I don't want to get all soapboxy. <laughs> she doesn't get enough soapbox time now that we don't have coffee in the morning anymore. And... Uh, because there's more than one show day when she would call me and and then showtime would come along. Hi everybody, and I'm just over here laughing. <clears throat> Going, the you, tale of two Nickies, is that what you're saying? Yeah, y'all don't know. She, this morning she wanted to blow up the planet. It's I'm so glad she. Better. I'm I'm telling you, this new house is having a wonderful effect on my on my everything because I I very rarely have those. Those days where I I have to call anybody and and bitch whine or chew, I'm quite content. Nice. <laughs> Loving every minute of it. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. So, my love, what are you up to lately? I mean, well, we haven't talked in a while. We haven't talked in a while. Um, the big thing I have going on is um, uh, December first. I begin uh, my second class for Find Your Joy. And um, Find Your Joy is a 21-day um, journaling class. 
that um, after 21 days, you will be joyful. <laughs> I took the class um, in July, and um, I was really amazed about what how different it, it, it helped me feel. It helped me feel my joy, my inner joy. And, uh, you know, this course is spirit-guided. Um, spirit gave me these um, journal prompts um, and uh, encouraged me to offer it on the Internet to um, to anybody who is looking to, you know, get rid of all the, you know, the negative or the bull crap and to get back into the joy of who you really are. And um, it, it it helped me. So uh, I'm going to offer it December 1st through it ends December 21st. And I thought that was a nice way to bring in um, our equinox since it's such an historic day and um, in, a, in a joyful way. That is perfect timing. Yeah, not too bad, huh? Well, you got the star <laughs> and all these guys wanting to, you know, hey, you got you got to make your choice. It's time. <laughs> okay, here you go. Get Find your joy. Yeah. <laughs> Stella got her groove back. Jerry got her joy back. Come on, somebody. I choose joy. I choose joy. Now, I also have um, a wisdom journal um, that I um, channeled. You know, Spirit gave me this 21-day uh, course, you know, fun, you know, wisdom, uh, to find your wisdom. And um, to tell you the truth, I got through the first week. And um, after seven days, I couldn't get through the number seven. The seventh journal prompt. So I haven't finished that course. So I'm not offering it as an e-course, but I am offering it as a um, a download if you'd like to purchase it. But I, I didn't finish it myself, so um, I I hesitate offering it as an e-course. <laughs> if you can't sit through it, you're not going to ask anybody else to. <laughs> it's available, <laughs> but um, I, for me, I, I just wasn't there. I'm not there yet. I'm too happy in my joy, I guess. Let me I'll I'll say that. Well, and it's been my experience that wisdom's just one of those things that's there and when you need it it just there it is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just like show up and you go, "Oh, there it is." Yeah, it, yeah. That's a good point. And of course, joy, I guess, is a ongoing thing, but but I think you can find it more than you can wisdom, maybe. I don't know. I think you have I, to be ready for wisdom, you know. I think find your joy. Everybody has it naturally. I think you have to work harder at wisdom, in my opinion. You know, see, the way the way now, I'm built, the way I'm wired, I have to work harder for you, wisdom. Your wisdom journal has me curious. I'll send it to you. I would I would, I would, would love that. There you go. I, yeah. That would be a fun, fun new adventure. Yeah, 21 days. And uh, like I said, I could tell you about the first seven, but after that. <laughs> well, that's what I used to tell people about Ascension is that, well, and I still tell people if they'll be still long enough to listen, is that the way I see that is your your wisdom comes, is yeah. more what that is than that you go somewhere. Uh, but it's sort of one of those you know, you, your wisdom about speaking Chinese doesn't show up unless you need to speak Chinese for some reason. Uh-huh. You know, it doesn't just, you know, oh, yeah, I had a life in China in uh, 444 B.C. And I, uh, it just, your brain, 
Well, your brain would overflow. It would take a whole lifetime to remember a previous lifetime. Yeah, yeah. It is amazing, though, what you what you need is there, right? If you sit still, if you sit still and uh, and quiet your mind, whatever questions that you have are answered. We had an interesting conversation this afternoon. Um, do you, I, was, I don't know if you we wanted did. to talk about it, Rick. I would love to. Yeah, because um, I am very used to sitting quietly and getting all the answers that I need to any of my questions. And um, when this came up, I was thrown for a loop. And uh, I contacted you to get some verification on what the heck this means. <laughs> and I was I was thrilled that I was here. Yeah, and I was appreciative you were there. And it's one of my favorite topics, so... Do you want to introduce it, or? So you want to? Well, okay. Uh, Jerry got some unexpected information uh, about a historical, or hysterical, depending on how you look at it. Uh, (laughs) But perhaps a historical figure, at least a literary figure, uh, depending on your viewpoint of the Bible and the Torah. some news about the woman they call these days Jezebel. Yeah. Okay, so give some background information on the original story, though, first, Rick, so that people who are listening who don't know can put it into context. Okay, so without bringing any parallels to runaway white whales, Jezebel was the wife. She married Ahab who was a king of the northern uh, part of Israel. At the time, Israel was two nations, so to speak. There was northern and southern. And uh, um, Jezebel was a Phoenician. And um, the Phoenicians did not worship the god of the Israelites. They worshipped Baal. And uh, so Jezebel, and it most likely was a diplomatic marriage. If there really was a marriage of a, a, a of a king of northern Israel and the Phoenicians, it was to pro, to try to secure sea routes, most likely. Um, and um, uh, but she eventually in the uh, pages of scripture was blamed with being the power behind the throne which in a patriarchal society is sin enough to be holding power as a woman uh, but that she converted him from his true belief in the one true God into believing in Baal and and um, was uh, of course we get our modern, modern term Jezebel that's somebody that's promiscuous <clears throat> and Baal has a very negative connotation as well. Indeed. Right? Because at at the time, per Jewish scripture, anybody that wasn't Yahweh was bad juju. Very bad juju. <laughs> and, um, well, it, it's true. Yeah. They, they uh, thou shalt have no other God before me. Yeah, and they, they said the, that what the Baal... Baal people did were sacrifice children, um, 
had orgies under trees, things like that. Yeah, yeah. In North Korea, they they teach in school that Americans eat the children of our defeated enemies. Right now, today, they teach children that. No kidding. Well, I don't know what the new fellow in charge up there, but 10 years ago, they were still teaching children that Americans, American soldiers ate the children of their conquered enemies. So yeah, well, ten years ago, Filipino people thing. weren't allowed to own a Bible. So it's not a biblical I mean, thing uh, eating the children and the stuff. Yeah, and we're talking about a time period of like say ten thousand BC, and um, you know, yeah, you, you're talking about children. When I was growing up, um, the, when I was learning Bible stories, and um, I was told that Abraham was told by God to sacrifice his child. I instantly said to myself, oh, no, that's not God. <laughs> God would never ask you to do that. And um, I was, would say to the person, doesn't Abraham know that that's not God? God? My God would never ask you to kill somebody, let alone your own child, you know? So, um I don't know. I've always had questions about some of the stories in the Bible. And um Oh yeah, I've had a few of those Tom? myself. <clears throat> but we, when we were talking this afternoon I did uh well it's what 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 kind of information did you that's enough background I think on Jezebel. Oh do you have something else? Is that enough more. Is that enough uh no, I think that's I think that's enough to to give people context as to um Yeah, culturally, you know, associated with Well tell us how she died, Rick. And uh, fallen and abandoned women. Well, after her husband, uh, King Ahab, was, uh, I don't remember if he died or was killed, but um, um, Ahab's sons took over, and uh, but then Elisha, the prophet, backed somebody else for the office. And, and when that person won or, or took over as king, they decided to have Jezebel put to death. And... Um, by throwing her out the window and allowing the dogs to eat her body, and uh, but Jezebel, as the story goes, um, put on makeup, got all dressed up, got all you know, gussied up, as we might say here in Texas, um, and uh, which to me was always, you know, that was supposed to be part of her pride and part of her downfall. But to me, it was always that. She wasn't going to allow anything they said to tarnish her image of herself, but that that's just me. Well, I'm and again, that's... Um, go ahead, Nikki. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say that just goes to show you how a different viewpoint um, can change the meaning of a story. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I thought the same thing. I'm going to share a little bit of what happened this morning when I was waking up. I got the very um, keen sense in my awareness that uh, Jesus was going to be my guide on this. So um, I usually when I get information, I sit down and I write and I and I ask Lord if I may ask questions. And interestingly enough, that word Lord, I always call. Lord, God, Jesus, Lord. And uh, I think that is what Baal 
the translation for Baal is. But um, I asked, is Jesus my guide? And what came through is, do you want Jesus to be your guide? And I said, yes. And it's, and uh, the answer was, then it is so. You forget what you ask for. It It shows up and you say, this can't be for me. I am not worthy. Child, you are worthy of all my love. Forget about what you imagine it would be like to be a disciple of Jesus. I tell you now, we did not suffer much at all. Mostly we enjoyed life. We smiled often. And when we ran, actually, I never ran. When others ran, you did not know their joy. Can you tell me about Jezebel, I asked. Jezebel, too, is misunderstood. People, many humans, make rash judgments. If you dream, if you dress a certain way, they judge you. Any way you dress, they judge you. The pants you are wearing right now, you wore them to work one day, and a woman judged you. She said you were wearing your pajamas. <laughs> the point is, people judge. And Jezebel was judged because she had overflowing love in her heart. She had Jesus Christ love in her heart. It was Jesus love, the human kind of love, not so much the spiritual Christ love. Jezebel has Jesus in her. And then it wrote out Jezebel, J-E-S-A-B-E-L. Jezebel had human love energy. She loved not only the infirm, sick, she loved the healthy. She loved men, too. She nurtured many men and women physically. Was it sexual? At times, yes. At times, no. She was human. She loved deeply. She felt it and lived it. Then later on, I wrote Jess, J-E-S, J-E-S-T-E-R, Jester, Jesus, Jezebel. Uh, there's some kind of relation to Jester and being a fool in my Here is Heaven messages. The last one I got had to had so much about all of us becoming fools, um, about how how um, important it is for us to be fools. That's another story. But the word Jesus, I looked that up, and J-E-S means savior, free, free one, freedom. And when I look at the word Jezebel, I think able to be free. So um, I'm in the process of doing writing a story about the freedom that comes when you love. So that's where I am with that. So she had this love and in her, and she was able to be free, and you're writing a story about freedom comes when you love. That's, that's yeah, right. Yeah, ob- obviously that's entirely right. unrelated, just random. Had a bad cannoli last mm-hmm. night. No, that's absolutely right. And that's what Jesus teaches too, right? Jesus teaches the very first thing you do is love your enemy. Love, um, you know. It's the only thing he taught. The only thing. Yeah. And I wish people would remember that. It's the only message he brought. Mm Mm-hmm. 
he and just Bill over at Inner Child. It's all about the love, baby. It, yeah. <laughs> same, same message. Same message. Yeah. It really is. It really is. And that's that's um I mean if 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 you look at any of the stories about him that was central to yeah, like anybody that's everything more he ever did the stories than that but but that was really all that could have gotten that across to everybody on the planet that would have been pretty miraculous but it wasn't time yet and that was there was seed planting about what he was about too but anyway yeah um the the comparison he Kate makes is that the overflowing love that Jezebel had. And I would have to research more about Baal, but um, I get the sense that it's a more feminine um, uh, worship than um, the worship the, of, that we are used to today in our religions. Uh, I don't know. I could be talking out the side of my mouth, but um, I do get the feeling that it's a more feminine type of worship. So I'm going to research Baal as well. Well, that would make sense because any of the ancient um, ancient worships were equally divided between the male and the female. Mm-hmm. It, it, even even the ones that were that were predominantly a feminine energy, they still had male priests. Because the balance was required in order to complete, you know, right. any any okay. prayer cycle. So it would make sense that, of course, if there was a priest of Baal, that there would be a priestess as well. Mm-hmm. And, that and that's yeah. the one thing that that Christianity held the, uh, you know, held the reins on. That, and I'm not going to sorry, I'm not going to say Christianity because the original Christianity was meant to be a dual worship and equal power between man and woman. But the church got their claws into that. And, well, and you know, it, 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 it wasn't just the Christian church because this all started with the, the uh, patriarchal Torah, the, the Jewish scriptures. And that's where you get Jezebel getting, a, getting whacked with a bad reputation. Is by the Pharisees, but uh, don't get me up on a soapbox about that either. Uh, well, the, I did do some reading that that um, she <clears throat> was the priestess, and when the the um, when she married into that religion, they didn't know what to make of her because the only thing she could be a priestess, uh, being a woman, is a priestess of sex. Because um, they did not look at women as um, any type of thinker, any type of uh, planner, any type of any anything that you would need in a society other than a wife. So when she when they came into that community and she was a priestess, they automatically assumed she's the priestess of sex because what else is a woman good for? Right, right, yeah, it couldn't certainly have anything to do with scholarship or. Mm-hmm. Learning or anything like that, and or guidance or yeah. healing, and of course or the, healing, right, right. The um, Israel and the tribes of Judah had to really get on the whole idea of Baal because the word Baal 
B-A apostrophe A-L, for those that want to find it themselves. But it essentially just means Lord. Mm-hmm. So for the Phoenicians, if she was a king's daughter, that's her dad would have been called that because that just meant Lord. And in fact, the Jews themselves generally and often referred to their God as Lord, Baal. They didn't say Lord Baal. They, still, they would have just said Baal, but that's Baal, but just but like you refer. Today. Well, you just said you refer Lord. I do. And, I never hold uh, it down to write. I always so, say, dear Lord. Yeah. So there became a struggle then between um, Judaism the and the Phoenician religion. Mm-hmm. And since, it's, it's, think about it now. If you were part of a society that had a god, <clears throat> Would your God have a name, or would you just call it God? So the Jews and the and the Phoenicians both called their God Baal. So the Jews quit that, because they had a bunch of names for him. And so they quit. They said, you can't say that anymore, because that's that other God over there, the deceiver, the, you know. Mm-hmm. And, but a generation before that, even the priests in the temple might well have referred to their Lord as Baal. Um, show you how much a a religion can change in a generation. Um, and uh, all supposedly. And yet, even to today, life. even today, if you mention if you mention the word "ball" to the average Christian, they they cringe. You can see them cringing. It's it's not even an inward cringe. It's an actual physical. No, you can you can see it in their face. It's it's, it's they like, go into themselves, and yet they will they will turn around the next second, and you know, Lord guide me, Lord save me, our Lord, Lord. Well, also because you know, it's also in the Bible they save the ball. Um, you know, back to what I was saying earlier, uh, killed infants. And that's, and here um, Abraham is being asked by his God to kill his son. You know, um, it's saying, we don't do that. Baal does that. But we're doing it right there. You know, it's such a contradiction and um, a little confusing. Yeah. It was a little confusing to a lot of people that lived at the time it was going on, so don't feel bad. Yeah. I think I think the best thing that can be that can be said for it is that um I I can make I get a, I get on my pedestal way too often on this subject. Um and I would like to say that I have known some truly, truly amazing Christians with amazingly golden hearts who have have shown me ways to love unconditionally that I've never imagined. Um, and I think when it comes down to it at the end of the day that it's up to each individual to find out whatever information they need to find out to put their feet on the right path for them so that they can become a whole person. And regardless of 
of the miscommunications and the misrepresentations and um, some of the misguided ideals that have come out of this constant battle uh, about what parts of the Bible are right and what parts of the Bible are wrong, it it goes back to each individual. And and I I promise to everybody listening that if you're seeking that guidance and you're not sure what the right answer is for you or how you feel about this topic and it upsets you or it it makes you question your faith or you know it it makes you uncomfortable take some quiet time and just ask for the guidance and it will come and that's really all you need to do at the end of the day it doesn't matter what religion you you practice if you can find it within your heart to love and embrace your fellow man regardless of who they are um, and if you can find it within yourself to love and embrace yourself regardless of the things that you may have done in the past then you're in exactly the right place so carry yeah. on with that and for, really, for the that's, Christians out there that want to get on everybody else's case about being wrong that respect for others regardless of their faith was something Jesus was busy about his whole ministry yeah and 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 as as people who repeatedly and we do Rick repeatedly point out the discrepancies within the bible we have to give that same respect to those Christians who who pull judgment because um, I've been thinking a lot about that, a lot about you know the times that I get frustrated because there is so much judgment, but then in me noticing that judgment, I'm also judging. Judging the judgment. So, yeah. Oh, they're yeah. You, you're and welcome to do that. It, it's it, when they start it, to try to impose endless, it on others that bothers me. Yeah. Uh, it's so so again. All all I say is, it it it's up. It's about the individual. It's about at the end of the day, whether or not you can look in the mirror and and be content and happy and joyful, Jerry, yes. with who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I love and, how you're putting it. It's very beautiful. It's an individual. Yeah. It's so important, you know, mm-hmm. and I, especially in these times, more than any other times, I think, in the history of mankind, we really have to find a way to embrace our diversity. Thank and, you. And Very good. Diversity. Yeah, we we really do. Um, and and, and it's fascinating. Those who don't accept diversity, right? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. That's part of and, the and, diversity. Our <laughs> <laughs> people with closed <laughs> minds have to have it. Yeah. Uh, we, we do have to have it. Um, it what, what would... I mean, this world would be so bloody boring if we didn't have that. I think, you know, we'd be all just kind of walking around, scratching our heads, going, okay, what do we do now? Well, um, it is without that. Yeah. Just it, like I it point is. out to people that all it is wouldn't be all it is without you. Right. Um, uh, you that know, being said, it's absolutely fascinating once you get into all the different meanings of the different words. And if you have the courage for it and the stomach for it. And if your faith is strong enough, then I highly recommend taking that journey because 
educating yourself in that way um, and doing research like Jerry has done, and she's going to take it even further, but doing that kind of research like I know Rick has done and, and myself, going down that path can be really eye-opening and and it opens up a whole world of possibilities. So, I mean, it the strongest in faith are the ones who are willing to, I think, look at all the whole big picture and not be afraid to take that journey and not be afraid because they know that no matter what they learn, their faith in the things that matter, love and light and and you know the power that is all that many of us call god is not going anywhere and that that's always going to be in your heart regardless of what you see and what you learn um so i highly recommend the journey and questioning one's faith you may you may come out the other end with your questions answered and not we're not saying question your faith means come over here to my faith question your faith you might go right you you might not you you might say yeah i was right all along i it, it exactly you get to answer it any you get to answer the question everybody gets to answer the question for themselves and um uh and i point out examples from the bible often because that's the spiritual tradition i was raised in so it's the book i know better than the others <laughs> that's all but um these examples were in most of these uh, spiritual traditions, and you know, you look at you look in the life of Jesus. What's the one time he got really, really, really pissed? And they wrote about it. I'm not saying it's the only time he ever got pissed, but the one time he got really pissed and they wrote about it was the money changers in the temple. And everybody seems to think that's about money, and it had nothing to do with money. And you got to know. This is why I say you can't understand if you don't understand life two thousand years ago. You can't understand the book, but the money changers in the temple had clean money, and you, being just a person, did not have clean money. Your money was unclean. So if you wanted to give an offering to the priest so that the priest could speak to God for you on your behalf, you not only had to get a priest to speak to God for you on your behalf, but even your money wasn't worthy of that. You had to change your dirty money for clean money from these money changers. And, of course, they took a percentage. But it was not the percentage. It was not banking, and it was not money. It was a concrete symbol of something that stood between the individual and God. And Which Jesus was trying to explain is not necessary. That's what made Jesus uh-huh. angry. That's what pissed him off. Yeah, that's why he turned on the table. Oh, wow. wow. There it is back again. again. Woo! (laughs) That was an interesting story. I didn't didn't hear a lot of it because I got knocked off, but I didn't know that he was angry about that, the uh, money changes. I didn't know that that's what they did. That's very interesting. That's that's what they were there for. They were not... um, they're not selling things. No, they were well. They were selling clean money, but it was the same money. Often, they would just take in some dirty money and yeah, cycle it around and oh, now it's clean money. Um, it's like um, my daughter. My daughter once said to me, um, "We were talking about holy water, 
and she we were talking about holy water and vampires. Uh, go figure. But she says to me, wouldn't any water do? And I said, well, it's supposed to be holy water. She said, but if all things come from God, then all water is holy. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Yeah, Beautiful. And it's it, something that Jesus would say. It'd be like, you know, well, yeah. it's all holy. Yeah. It's all of God. Yeah. Why Why does it have to be blessed? And I think that that is that is the big the big wall that, you know, so many people are trying to overcome. I don't think it's about telling somebody that they should not be Christian or not be Muslim or not be Buddhist or not be Hindu. I think really at the end of the day, if we could get people to just not need a translator or an intermediary for them to talk to that. And and hear from. And hear from that, and, and this includes this includes yes, I'm going to say it, and we all do it. This includes channelers as well. As well, I think the end goal ultimately is to put us out of work. Absolutely. I would love to see the day where, you know, priests and channelers and um, rabbis are no longer needed, because people can simply ask and receive as it was and always has been meant to be. You know, Nikki, you mentioned a word before about, you know, people not being afraid to take on their own spirituality. And um, I just, I know that's probably another whole show altogether, (laughs) talking about fear. But um, it takes a lot to get over fear, especially if you've grown up in a background that I've grown up in, you know, my parents were the pillars of the community with the Roman Catholic Church. We lived across the street from a basilica. I mean, they staked their lives, and I grew up under that, you know. And it's very fearful to question. It's very fear, fearful to question what's in the written word. I absolutely understand that, Jerry. I'm not... Um, no, I'm just bringing I'm that out. It's not, a, not an easy thing. Because I, I was raised... My entire family is Catholic. Not that it, many of our listeners would, would realize that listening to the show, but my entire family is Catholic. I was raised in a very, in my early years, in a very strict Catholic household. Um, my first year, in fact, I was in a Catholic school until my mom pulled me out. And the only reason she left the church was because my father had died and she wanted to remarry the man who had been taking care of me for many years um, as his daughter and the church would not allow her to marry this man because his original marriage was not annulled. Um, He had a divorce, but it wasn't annulled within the church. And my mom questioned that decision that the church made saying that this man has been raising this, this young child who's not his own for many years why can he not be her father? Why can he not be my husband? He obviously has the right heart for it, and and I want him to be my husband. And she left the church. But my entire family is Catholic, and so I went at a very young young age. I went through all of that with my mom 
um, and, and the question of faith. And, of course, she, she continued on as a Christian in different churches. And um, one of our best friends for, for the longest time was a United minister um, who used to come over. And we, we would argue philosophy and, and religion till the wee hours of the morning. Um, and, and so I, I, I even taught Sunday school at one time, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, so I understand. And it is, it's, it's a very, very scary experience. And it is very hard to overcome that. But that's why I say when you have that in your heart, the know that your faith is strong enough to allow you to walk down that road and to question these things and that those answers will always take you where you need to go because that's what the faith means. The faith means that you can open your eyes and your ears to other things and still know in your heart what's right for you. Well said. Yeah, because there's lots of ways to twist things, but usually when you look at those, you can go, hey, you're twisting stuff. But if you look at a bunch of things and you go, now, wait a minute, maybe I wait there, maybe there's something to this. Well, for you, there's something to that, maybe. Um, anyway. Uh, um, I, I guess we've hammered on that long enough. Perhaps we should take a brief break uh, before I explode. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and then we'll come back and we'll actually let Jerry talk. <laughs> well, a little bit. At, at least a word or two in there edgewise. Um, and uh, now we'll talk about Ball more. And, you, know. you know, Ball wasn't a demon until... 1600s. Is that true? 1667. John Milton's Paradise Lost was the oh. first time that uh, you know it was in the Goetia, a grimoire from the 1600s, uh, and and but that's the first time that they can really find it is John Milton that called it one of Satan's I, legions. I they the the, yeah. the the even. Way back when, the Jews would have only referred to it as a false god. They they didn't call they didn't make him a demon. That took. The well, one thing I Milton. the one thing I want to say about Jezebel is, in this context, forever we believed that, uh, or the scripture was that Mary Magdalene was uh, a prostitute. I think today she's being vilified. A lot of a lot of information is coming out that you know maybe she was not. Maybe she was a disciple. I think we're going to find out something very similar about Jezebel, and I'm looking forward to it. As am I, my friend. Because the more may- women from from the ancient texts that are are um, redeemed and their names restored. Uh, the better it will be in the long run for for all religions to go back to the balance, the female-male balance that that was originally, I believe, intended. Or else, why why make men and women? I mean, really. It, 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 it doesn't... In, in the in the Bible, in the scriptures, you're either Mother Mary or you're a prostitute. Pretty much. There's <laughs> nothing but, in between. But Everybody that... can't be Mother Mary. That's another one of those things, see, 
Nobody ever referred to Mary Magdalene, even the people writing those original pages, as a prostitute until, in this case, the year 591. 14 September, actually, 591. Pope Gregory the Great gave a speech and called her a prostitute. And she'd been one ever since, because the Pope said so. She has been one ever since, up until, I believe it was last year. Yeah. The well. current Pope came forward and officially made the announcement that Mary Magdalene was not a prostitute. Yes. Wasn't that John Paul II finally admitted that, um, I think? Was the first to say, was okay, the, she was last well, it wasn't very long ago, but I think it was Pope John Paul. Yeah, it was right yeah. shortly before he died. He, I think he knew he was dying, and so he decided he'd let a couple of cats out of the bag, keep people busy and looking the other way while he did, you know, shuffled off to Buffalo. I don't know, but that's an awful sin that many of us grew up, you know, being taught that Mary Magdalene was a prostitute, you know? At the, oh, and that's, the, that's, that's a big sin right purveyor, there. The of the original sin uh, was a woman, the, oh, I... Uh, I mentioned one. We <laughs> well, just think about I, it. What it does was, to a that, young girl's self-esteem. That you know? pause was me getting off my soapbox because I was, boy, I was climbing up there. But as I mentioned on our phone call, I think that the majority, if not all, of the female quote villains in the Bible are were invented or modified to be seeming so by the patriarchal they, they had to knock down any uh you know the christian church was great about you know pagans had put up trees and decorations and things and had this thing in the middle of winter this midwinter festival thing oh okay christmas well yeah see jesus was born in december mm-hmm. even though they know good and well he was born in the summer but or at least the spring you don't you know go talk to the sheep herders over there around the Sea of Galilee, and see how often they're out at night tending their flocks in the winter. Doesn't happen. Um, Not to mention the the Three Kings, which is an alignment of stars. Yeah, but but which I mean, we it, this 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 particular topic it is, but it could go on for hours. It really there's so much information out there for people if they're willing to go and look. Um, it's just. And and yes, it's it's heartening to see that change occurring, Jerry. I agree with you. I you know, I am looking forward to. I say it so often on the show. I think you know people must be getting sick of hearing me say it, but I'm so looking forward to the next few years because so much truth is coming out, and and the balance is being restored. Um, even even the sisterhood within the Catholic Church is is taking steps to reclaim their power, which is absolutely astounding. Expected and long-awaited, but astounding oh, that yeah. I am living during the times to witness that. Oh, yeah. There's many, many a people that grew up under a nun's ruler and knuckles and that, you know, saw this head of this order in the United States that being you know, sent someone from the Vatican to straighten them out. Uh, and she just said, well, we'll be happy to talk to the Vatican all they want to talk, but we're not going to change what we're doing. <laughs> we're ministering to the people the way Jesus told us to, so we ain't stopping that for nobody. <clears throat> and that's just, well, 
They'd awesome. Have it wouldn't have been very long ago they'd have tied her to something and burned her quick or, you know, otherwise drowned or, you know. That was my favorite one of the witchcraft things. I was like, if you can't figure that one out, people. The one where they say if if if, the, if she floats, she's a witch. Mm. And if she sinks <laughs> in this chair with stones tied, tied to it, if she sinks, she's innocent. Well, yeah, but so she's she drowned floats, already. <laughs> if she floats, you're going to burn her anyway. So what the heck? You know, really? <laughs> you know. Either way. <laughs> the only thing I'd be thinking is, you know, well, let's see, drowning, burning to death. Okay, let toss me in the water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I toss guess that's in the what water, you the take... stacked against you, right? Yeah. But, really. uh, but um, it, it's, those were the times. It, it it was necessary for these people felt these these men felt for them to be able to sustain their power to destroy women not just to you know women can't be priests no they had to be the purveyor of the original sin and everything else that went wrong with anybody in the whole bible just about was a woman somehow you know and yet consider consider this that all the effort and all the energy and all the time, I mean, we're talking hundreds of years, thousands of years, that has been expended on trying to hold women down. They continue to rise, and they continue to prove their worth and their value, not just to themselves, but to the rest of the world. They continue to earn respect. They continue to be loved, admired, and they continue to give love, give freely love, that's, that's what I was going to say. It's only in light of their own recognition of the power that women hold would they try to destroy them instead of just saying, oh, you just can't have, you know, everybody knows you can't have that. No, so they had to teach you that you couldn't have that. Does not the attempt to destroy them actually give them strength? In the end, it ultimately gives them a great deal of power because... Look at what they've overcome. Okay, so speaking of which, I think we should have a little earth prayer. And then we'll come back and we'll talk again about finding our joy starting December 1st and where they can find Jerry all over the Internet and places and get more information and all that good stuff. Sounds good. Let Jerry talk for a while. I think I've been talking pretty much. <laughs> you have, you have. Just, you know, she was picking on me and I'm picking on her. Yeah, I know. Or yeah, we're picking on ourselves. I don't know. It's the picking order. Yes, yeah. that's it. There you go. So here we have Ina B with uh, her beautiful uh, song, Earth Prayer. And we'll be right back, folks. Stay with us.
There's the button. Or okay, there's the button. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> I was None of you to, got to listen to that. <laughs> I was trying to do three things at once, you know, and I reached down and it flicked off the mute switch on my 
little headset cable and then realized, oh, that's not going to do any good. We're all muted. (laughs) 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 Uh, I suppose a little bit like a macaw or something, me sounding. So while we uh, see if we can uh, locate a a route to Jerry up in Chicago, um, (laughs) across these wires that are the Internet, uh, there's a lot of weird rerouting going on, I would imagine, with the the outages on the East Coast. Um, You'd be surprised that you can be trying to, you can be Skyping with your neighbor next door and your signal will be going through Pakistan. It just depends on how the Internet's doing at the time. So, um, there she is. There she is. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Always an adventure. Yes. It's, see, I was babbling and was probably going to babble anyway when I got back. I was going to talk about how much better I felt and that I could talk for another hour and a half and Jerry's connection just wasn't going to have that. <laughs> In fact, it's still not because there she goes again. <laughs> so, oh, uh, Jerry. Okay, got, well, fine, well, Jerry. Yes, at org. Or, that's heaven can't wait dot org. That's right. That's right. It, um, a movie that I really enjoyed, Warren Beatty movie, Heaven Can't Wait. Or, right. That was Heaven Can't Wait. Or I don't know. Either or. You can find Jerry at Heaven Can't Wait. Um, this back to that whole Heaven on Earth thing, and uh, but you can also find her at uh, www.joymediaonline.com. That's right. That's uh, her publishing company, Joy Media. And I'm going to let her tell you about that. Jerry? Well, I thought it said she was back. Or not. Again. <laughs> no, it said, yeah, no, so, wow, it said she was back again, but it fibbed. Um, but she was not knowing at the time any many place where an, an author could get a book done without a big contract and approval and, you know, getting the say-so from the priests on high. I mean the publishing company. Um, (laughs) And uh, so she formed her own, Joy Media, and uh, has some great authors, even some uh, kids' books that they've done, some really good stuff. And, uh, uh, of course, you can hear about uh, some of it over there at heavencantwait.org, which is Jerry's site, and... uh, that's also where you'll find information on the Find Your Joy e-course and um, coming up on December the 1st. Jerry? See, it says <laughs> My machine says she's there, but no. It lies. Well. It fibs. Okay. So, if... Jerry comes back, I'm sure she'll go, I'm back, like she did last time. Um, Jerry. Hi, I'm here. Hi. Hi, how are you? (laughs) That was pretty strange. Yeah, that was very strange, but I managed to get both your websites. Gene and I did a great trade-off getting both your websites spelled out for all of our podcast listeners. Oh, great. Uh, Did uh, you see I'm now offering angel card readings? I did, but why don't you tell us about it? Well, um, 
I've been, I was guided to do it. In fact, um, my guides gave me, showed me three different boxes that I would pick from. Um, so I had been doing that. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see if I can. Uh... What y'all don't know is that when these things happen to us, usually whichever one of us is getting cut off is for a while on the other end just talking away, <laughs> thinking and <laughs> you know. So we, we often so, get to experience that. So, I'm, I'm just talking to myself, aren't I? Yeah, from from the website. Yes. Um, it, it says, have coffee with the angels with the help of the intuitive counselor. Book a session, pour your coffee. Jerry will call you. AM sessions begin at 7 a.m. Um, basically, she works with Doreen Virtue's Angels card. And uh, she invokes all the archangels, including Uriel, Raphael, Gabriel, and Michael, Muriel, and Mellotron. Oh, sorry, Metatron. Metatron. I always screw that up. As well as your own angels. And, and I was oh, there we go. I think um, the Mellotron was a wasn't that a nineteen sixties <laughs> TV show or something? Watch us on the Mellotron. <laughs> I was trying to be funny. It, no, I'm and I'm agreeing with you. It was funny. And, and did we lose her again? I think it means well, I talked long enough that she went away again. Um <laughs> So we're apparently supposed to toot Jerry's horn for her, uh, and I certainly will do that. Uh, we've known Jerry for – we've certainly known Jerry since the beginning of this radio show. I've known Jerry a little longer than that, and uh, uh, Jerry was with us on our second show, Jean? Third show. Yeah. Oh. Hey. Oh. card thing come about? We're going to shut up now. You can tell us. Um, well, I had been guided to do angel reading. Um, my guides had said, choose from this deck, this deck, and this deck. And um, it ch- and I was told, get a notebook, write down all of <sighs> Well, um, Okay, uh, that'll probably solve that because I told her not to call me. So, you know, that don't call us, we'll call you. And I've actually hung up the phone on her. I don't mean to do that, Jerry. I'm going to try you back in just a minute. We'll see if can we get you to say goodnight and us say thank you. Um, but it's an intuitive reading that she does. Uh, and uh, using the angel cards. And uh, I would highly recommend her intuitive skills. Jean, did we lose Indeed. you too? Okay, no, you're no, still, no, I'm she's just, still laughing at me over there for saying I hung up on Jerry. <clears throat> I am laughing. Um, not certainly laughing at Jerry's abilities, however. Um, you know, we um, we have been with Jerry since the beginning. Uh, she was our first unofficial guest, um, which actually opened up the doorway for us to, to bring on guests and which really, I think, defined um, well, defined uh, what every connection has has become. It so was her story because Jerry was, she was coming out of the broom closet, so to speak. And, yeah. And so Jerry, was, Jerry was definitely the springboard from which everyday connection, as you now know it, um, you know, is 
that's that's how it was launched was was Jerry calling in and um I think yes we offered her a platform to come out um but she also offered us the great gift of of the direction that we were going to take and have taken with the show uh, and I think that was something that just came um you know everything at the right time you're at the right time in the right place and in order for you to be in the in the right place at the right time vice versa i just said it backwards but either or for you to be there um it it means that you have to be connected and and jerry has repeatedly proven to us through personal interaction and through this show through her books, which I've read, um, you know, that, that that connection is definitely there. So I highly recommend um, that if, if you're looking for intuitive guidance, because, uh, you know, you, you haven't quite made that connection yourself yet, uh, the, she's she's a great one to connect with. So Visit her website, uh, heavencantwait.org. Um, you can also visit joinmediaonline.com. Uh, either way, you can learn about uh, some of her history. We we talk about her story. We kind of gloss past that. But she's a real person, real career for many years, like establishment-type career. She's not just a crazy flower child like me and Jean. Um, Jean and I. Me and Jean, Jean and I. Yes. Um, see, I can't um, say Jean and I because somebody will run that together and call it Jeannie. And then there will be genies on the radio. 2,000 years ago. See, that's how that kind of thing happens, people. Is that silly? Um, she's actually what? Um, well, she, she's actually a TV news professional for yeah. for three decades. Yeah. So, um, so, I mean, you know, you're not going that, to... That, that in itself, regardless of her, her Catholic background, that in itself takes a hell of a lot of courage to step out of that particular profession and to embrace this aspect of her personality and her identity that that takes an insane amount of courage um and having and been a professional in the in the news business in yeah. the united states she certainly wouldn't know anything about patriarchal structures of power and women not getting paid what they're worth and you know well forget what they're worth they don't even get paid as much as men so you know certainly not what they're worth touche so yes um if if and and with regards to the publishing aspect of things if you're you're looking for um looking to publish your works uh, with with a publisher who's going to have complete and utter respect for your vision as an author, then you know, again, we recommend dropping Jerry a line uh, because as as an author herself, she has a great deal of respect for for the creative process. Knows you're kind of shoving your child out of the nest so she knows you want them to be dressed well on their first day of school. Yeah, I mean, who 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 better to take care of your children than than another mother? Really. 
or grandmother at the end of the day. So um, when you're talking about your baby, which is your artistic creation, as most artists consider any artistic creation to be at the moment that it's being created, that's your baby. Um, you, you know, you want to make sure that it's in safe hands, gentle, loving, caring, nurturing hands. And with regards to, you know, publishing companies, that's what I would describe Joy Media as, is is a gentle, loving, nurturing publishing organization. Absolutely. So we all have a wonderful weekend coming up. Don't forget that for those of you, at least here in the States, and I think probably up there in Canada, that Daylight Savings Time ends this Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday night, midnight, Sunday morning, 2 a.m., something like that. Clocks go back oh, this weekend. Yeah, really? If you're those time change people, clocks go back this they go weekend. back? Yeah. What does that mean? Does that mean I Spring lose sleep? forward, fall back. No, you get an extra hour. Oh, it's about time. All right. Well, that would be nice. Of course, you the dogs don't give a shit. And and you don't get it back until fall. <laughs> yeah, they're going to get up when they get up. But, How do you uh, explain daylight savings time to your German shepherds? I, you know, if anybody can figure that one out, drop me a line on Facebook. You can find me there, Jean Victoria Norlock. I'd love the answer to that George, question because I know um, they Mester, get up at they get up at seven now. George told so, Mister to that that me to tell you. Most people explain it with a house shoe, airborne. Whoosh, boom. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my dog's big, man. It was all I you know, could I mean, they can... laugh out loud when that came through. <laughs> they, just, they just stand beside the bed, and they can they can reach the middle of the bed with their noses. So um, <laughs> it's not like it I can hide from them. Thing in the morning. Uh, but then after the they weekend, really are. Uh, we will be back on Tuesday, the 6th of November, which is Election Day here in the United States. We're not going to be watching. I'm not going to be watching the returns because they're going to do whatever they're going to do. So I'm going to be here talking to Jeff Feria about his new book, The Patriots of Mars. It's going to be coming out uh, and, and sometime this week, I believe. That's that's awesome. And what a perfect guest to have on election night. Um, with regards to the election, um, I just want everybody out there to take a deep breath and just through this okay whatever happens is going to happen and you know what humanity will shine regardless so let's not assume uh, that any outcome if is your preferred be candidate or your idea of the candidate of the light doesn't win remember everybody works for the light we're all on the same side well we're not all on the, the same, same side team. but we're all on the same team well we're on the same team. Um, we're all part of the same process. And, um, you know, the point was was very brilliantly made on, on our last show that regardless of who gets in, um, it's, it's still going to be a step in the right direction towards our, our you know, well, our growth process. Uh, the professors talked about it recently. They said, yeah. uh, you know, you guys don't need loud wake-up call anymore, but maybe some people do. And can you think of a better one? Oh, no. Right. Um, because at least but at the time. Relax. You know, relax yeah. into it. Relax through it. Relax out of it and on the other side of it. 
and um, just hold the faith that human human beings are incredible and um, they will continue to shine. They will continue to grow. They will continue to expand and um, evolve. And one man is not going to not going to spell disaster. No. For future of mankind. So just you know, breathe. It, it boils down to you, the individual, your actions on a daily basis, your connection to the spirit, and and really, truly, nothing else and, matters. And whoever wins, even if you believe that it, you know, if you have heard that if they win, things are going to go to hell in a handbasket, and that, that could apply to either side, because that's what they say about the other side. Um, it, it, it's only going to hell in a handbasket if you believe that. That's right. So you know. just hold hold on to hold on to the faith, hold on to the light, and and believe believe good things are coming. And yeah. uh, so it's not going to matter who gets into power because the power resides in you. Always has resided with the people. Ask the founding fathers. Absolutely. Um, they were very aware of that, and uh, whether today's politicians want to seem aware of it or not. It was founded on that awareness, so there you go. Um, but yeah, so join us election night then, and we'll talk about the Patriots of Mars and rebellions and, you know, stuff instead of whatever politics. Other stuff is going on. <laughs> yeah. Politics. So have a wonderful weekend. Set your clocks back and join us on Tuesday. Until then, stay connected. Good night, everybody. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. question of your life the only question before that question how do you find the perfect ring to ask it with with the incredible selection of diamonds at jared and our price match guarantee you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love visit your local jared store today and dare to be devoted we promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer see jared.com slash price match for details so you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. 
See Jared.com slash price match for details.